1: Compliance is hard, but finding the answers doesn't need to be. Join Jeff Hedges and his staff on the Pharmacy Compliance Guide as they help you and your pharmacy staff navigate through some of the complexities to help you stay stress-free and in compliance. The Pharmacy Compliance Guide is a proud member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network.
0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Pharmacy Compliance Guide. I'm Becky Templeton with RJ Hedges & Associates, and I'm joined today by Mr. Jeff Hedges, our in-house compliance guru and expert of all things relating to compliance within the pharmacy industry. And today we're doing ransomware with HIPAA breaches. This is going to be part two. In our first podcast, we talked about ransomware and touched a little bit on HIPAA breaches, As we've seen on a lot of the news channels, ransomware is a major threat to any and all computer networks, so all companies, large, small, healthcare, non-healthcare, can be impacted by it. Ransomware is a cyber attack where the user cannot obtain access to their system, and cyber attacks are criminal acts that must be treated as one. Swift action is required to protect your systems and your patient's personal health information, known as PHI. Jeff and I are going to be spending a little bit of time talking today about ransomware. If you missed the first podcast, I would encourage you to go back through the Pharmacy Compliance Guide archives. Listen to the first podcast on ransomware and breaches. It was really good. We had a guest that was in here as an information technology expert who helped outline what ransomware was and how you as a business owner or as a member of management within a business can prepare yourself and what types of things you can do to help prevent ransomware attacks from your business. So, Jeff, are ransomware attacks technically a HIPAA breach?
1: Yes. In almost every case, the answer is yes. PHI has been compromised, and you really don't know who has your data, if it's been downloaded, or if it's been sold.
0: So if I'm a victim of ransomware in my business, what should I do?
1: The first thing is unplug your Internet connections from your computer, from your server, and shut everything down. That is the most important thing to do contact your information technology department immediately whether they're in-house or external they need to be able to determine what the attack is shut it down for their networks and then also check the active backups and or multiple backups you may be able to restore your systems backups are important
0: now if I have the cyber attack who do I have to report it anywhere do I go to my report it within my company? Do I report it with the police? Do I report it to some type of business entity? Who all do I potentially need to report a cyber attack to?
1: Well, technically, you're not required by law to notify law enforcement. However, yes, you need to. It might be part of your cybersecurity insurance. Contact your local law enforcement and the local FBI field office. Cyber attacks are usually coming from overseas. That's why the FBI is needed.
0: Now, you stated that uh, cyber attack and ransomware probably are HIPAA breaches. So what do I need to do from that aspect with compliance in regards to HIPAA?
1: First off, you have to realize that ransomware uh, breach with that is going to be a reportable breach to the Secretary of Health and Human Services. The pharmacy or healthcare provider must begin their breach protocol. The breach protocol is part of your HIPAA compliance program. You have 60 days to gather the data and make the initial report to the U.S. Health and Human Services Office of Civil Rights, or OCR. In the initial report, the following items are needed. Identify the source of the breach. How the PHI was secured. Begin documenting what has and is occurring. Date and time of the breach. The type of breach, how many patients are involved, which will normally be all the patients within your server. Has law enforcement been notified? Local, state, and FBI.
0: So that's a pretty big list of things that I need to get done, but I know there's probably some extra steps that I need to have some of my staff working on. What else do I need to do?
1: Well one of the things you have to prepare for is to notify all affected patients in writing with the description of the breach and what measures need to be taken on their end, such as notifying their banks and all their credit bureaus. Notify local news media of the breach and what actions the patients must take. Contact LifeLock or another reputable company to secure the patient's data and to have a reportable notice if an attempt is made on their personal accounts.
0: So if I'm having a cyber attack and I have ransomware ongoing, will my cyber insurance cover everything?
1: Devil is in the details. Insurance is like everything else. They carve things out. They add things in. Cyber insurance will assist with the notifications, repairs of hardware and software, and lifelock protection. The policies are normally written for $500,000, a million or a million and a half dollars, but really it needs to be $2 million or more depending on the size of your server capacity. This is one time you don't go cheap. If your insurance agency gives you a quote on cyber insurance, always look at the coverage. You always wanna go higher with the coverage because the more you have, the better shape you are during a cyber attack. Cyber insurance does not cover the cost of the OCR investigations and fines or any other agency that may fine you.
0: Jeff, you mentioned fines just a minute ago, and you mentioned OCR in the beginning, so I'm assuming that if I have one of these breaches, obviously OCR could be assessing me a fine, but how, how exactly am I gonna get fined if I was the one who was attacked? It wasn't necessarily me who leaked the information, someone breached my system.
1: The breach is not just you. It's all your patients. The fastest way to get fined is by hiding a cyber attack or a breach, not following the recovery processes, failure to act, failure to report to the OCR, and failure to report to your state. Each state has its own individual privacy requirements and different agencies.
0: Okay, so I've now had the cyber attack of some kind. I've notified my local authorities because I felt like it was necessary. I've contacted the FBI. I'm getting ready with the OCR. How exactly do I go about this? Like what exactly does reporting look like? How much time do I have to work with? Is it something like I noticed over the weekend we had something happen? Now it's Monday morning at 10 a.m. We've realized we've had an issue. What's our time frame that we're also dealing with on how fast we need to be moving on this?
1: As I stated earlier, you have 60 days. That's not work days. That's calendar days. The 60-day notice to OCR is only the initial notification. It demonstrates what corrective actions have been taken, what your plan is to continue with the investigation and collecting data. The final OCR breach report includes, and this is just the initial list, Show what corrective actions have been taken to prevent future cyber attacks. Change passwords every 90 days with a minimum of eight characters. Large case, small case letters, a number and a symbol. Passwords should never be family members information, birth dates, anniversaries, addresses, nothing like that. I personally use a pass phrase, two unrelated words, with numbers and symbols mixed in between. My current password passphrase is 17 characters. This type of password is a bit excessive, but it is a very effective way to protect my systems. The passphrase permits the user to remember a complex password. Commit this to memory. Do not write it on a sticky note and affix it to the monitor of your computer or under the keyboard.
0: I guess that's like putting the key under my mat or under the pot of plants that's outside my front door.
1: That is absolutely correct. What harm has occurred because of this breach? How many patients were not notified? And that means you have to notify all your patients in writing by mail. And the most important thing is how many letters were returned. That number has to be tracked and how these patients were notified.
0: Okay, Jeff. So let me make sure I've got, I've got this all down pat in case someone on the other end of our, our podcast is taking copious notes here. Side note, as you're listening to our podcast, we always have a transcription because Jeff gets into very detailed items, which is great. So if you're listening to this on your drive to the pharmacy, to work, you're at the gym and you go, gosh, I need a pen and a piece of paper. Don't worry. You can go back in the show notes and you can actually get a full transcript of this. For those of you who are pedaling away or driving away, I'm going to recap a couple things. So a final OCR breach report, we're talking about all the different things that we need to do or that we have done. We're going to show it to OCR that these are the things that we're doing right now. Everything from we notified our patients. Here's how we notified them. Here's how many came back in the mail. We've changed our passwords. We've got a whole bunch of different processes that we're putting in place to make sure this never happens again. Maybe we're referencing back to that first podcast we did with some of the suggestions from Nick on items that we could have in place to make our systems more secured. So now we've got this report put together outlining all of that information, what harm has actually happened to our patients' data that has been compromised. And then I hate that, and then, but that, that's where we're going. And then, that's just really the start of it, right?
1: That's the beginning of it. But also, you have training. You have to train your staff what happened and how to prevent it from happening in the future. Once you get all this done, you submit your OCR HIPAA breach report. This is done electronically. Yes, every bit of information, documentation needs to be kept.
0: And how long do I need to keep it?
1: Well, HIPAA's rules are six years for your retention. However, the way OCR is working, and there are so many breaches they're investigating, don't expect to hear from anybody from one to three years after the report is submitted. Think about it, OCR is gonna contact you three years afterwards to talk in details Three years and two months, because I've got 60 days to report my breach. Ah, always the technical.
0: <laughs> well, I, wanna, I mean, that's a long time. Three years and two months. We were just talking about high school not that long ago. Freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, two months into my senior year. That's how long I'm going to have to remember what happened. So I guess that's really why documentation is even more important now. It's not just this is what I'm required to send in. I want to document everything because they go to ask me a question three years down the road. I'm going to be able to remember. What did you have for breakfast three days ago? Toast. (laughs) <laughs> do you have toast every morning for breakfast? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> you just remember three days ago it was toast. I thought I'd catch you on that one. I was hoping you'd say you didn't. know. I have no idea what I had for breakfast three days ago. But um, but I guess that's why we need to take so many copious notes and do so much reporting is just that way we have a good reference point for ourselves whenever these reports actually get on OCR's desk and they're starting to look at them and review them and now they're notifying me to say, all right, we've opened the investigation
1: That's correct. The investigation starts when they open a case file. Now, when we're looking at this, OCR is going to send you a letter and then they're going to call you. That's okay. Don't freak out. As long as your documentation is fine. They're going to start set up an interview and you're going to go over the case with all the details. If you've done everything right, they're going to ask you to send all the documents to them. If you have everything done in accordance with the statute, when it goes into the OCR, they review it. They see what happened. They see what you've done. They may call back and they may just say, I only have one more question. And then they write up a case note and it closes the case and you get that letter. When you get that letter, that's a party day.
0: Wait a minute, I'm gonna get a fine though, aren't I? No. Oh, okay, so then it is a party. I got through it, my paperwork was right, slap hands with all my admin people. We survived, we get to have cupcakes and pizza. Yes. Okay.
1: However, if they ask you, I need this report. What training did you do? I want to know what papers you notified. And you don't document all that. If they are not satisfied with your answers, they're not going to say anything to you. But sometime in the near future, you're going to have a knock on the door and there'll be an investigator from the Office of Civil Rights. And then it's bad. Everything's bad at that point. You never lie. You never hide anything. You always give them everything they ask for. But the problem is, if it happened three years ago and you were supposed to do it and you don't, and you did it, but it's not documented, or you, you didn't do it at all, now that's where you run into the peril of fines.
0: So our fine fines are really then assessed based on negligence and inability to report things adequately or right. if they find that you have lied or there's misconception that was documented or just gross negligence that happens is that is that a fair assessment pretty much so if i'm trying to gauge how how much trouble i'm actually in and how much work i have ahead of me basically once they open up the case file i get that initial phone call The fewer the questions, the better?
1: Absolutely. So the
0: fewer the questions from that OCR, are we calling them inspectors? Is that what we're officially calling them? Investigators?
1: Investigators.
0: Investigators. So the fewer questions from the OCR investigator, the better I can be. But that still leaves a whole bunch of perils out there that I'm not sure what's going to happen until I get my final notice.
1: That is correct. Okay. They're going to ask. They're normal people. They are not out to find or harm anybody. So they're going to ask questions. You don't understand the question, you ask them. Mm -hmm. uh, What do you mean? And they will come back and they'll explain it to you. The biggest thing they're looking for is cooperation and compliance. Mm -hmm. So as far as the fines are concerned, if you're doing everything right and you missed a small step or one thing was not done, you may get a small fine. If you did something more, it might be a $10,000 fine. However, if you didn't do anything or you hit it, or you told a lie, your fine is at least $1.5 million. And if you decide, well, I can't afford that, I'm going to declare bankruptcy and close my business, that fine follows you into your personal life because the owners cannot get away from these fines.
0: Oh, wow. Now, my cyber insurance is going to cover that, right? No. Ah, nuts. Okay, so even though I have, like, let's say I have, like, a $2 million... Uh, limit on my cyber insurance. That's really only gonna cover the hardware, software, the man hours, to get my system back up and running again and secure, getting my staff paid, loss of wages, loss of work, that type of stuff. So it's not covering fines at all.
1: That's correct. They also covering all the notices to your patients.
0: Oh, sure. And I imagine probably those cyber insurance policies will cover my attorney costs that I have to get involved if I'm working with a consultant such as yourself. Some of those billable hours might be able to get tucked in there.
1: Normally, yes. But again, it goes back to the policy. Mm -hmm. Are you covered? Mm -hmm. Did you go in a little bit extra and make sure you have all these items taken care of? Because you don't want to be sitting there and find out, oh, I have to notify the news and they're going to come in and interview me and I don't have anybody for counsel. I don't have anybody to talk to beforehand and I'm just left out there for the wolves. No, the insurance doesn't cover it unless it's in the policy.
0: So for this, we really need the three C's. We need cooperation, we need correctness, and we need compliance.
1: Absolutely.
0: And we want to avoid the biggest C, which is complacency.
1: Complacency, they throw the key away.
0: Okay. And that's where you're starting to see these big fines that are over a million dollars. Great.
1: Small and mid-sized companies in the healthcare sector are getting fined. You don't hear about it a lot because they may just quietly go away. And you may see the notice in the newspaper. Then you may see a notice that so-and-so went out of business. It all depends on the sensationalism because the OCR does like sensational finds. Uh, they Right now, they're on a countdown of how many f- um, major issues they're doing. They're up to 14, I believe, is the one that came out the other day.
0: This year? Yes. Okay
1: everyone, I read down through these, uh, whether it's large, small, or medium, someone always messed up because normally they hide it. No one wants to admit that their server has been hacked, that their patient information has been disseminated to parts unknown in the world, and you don't know what's going to happen to your business.
0: So we've talked about quite a few different things here today as far as what we're going to work backwards here. We've talked about what you need to do if you end up having something happen where your, your files are breached. So it doesn't matter if you pay the fine or not. In the end, your files are breached, so you've got these things that you have to take care of. Now, obviously, you've got what we talked about on our first podcast, where the system requirements that you have to go through and update your system so you can prevent breaches from happen. I know when Nick was here, he was sharing that we already had four this year that we didn't even know about. That The the infrastructure that was in place on our network stopped it. So we didn't even know about it. They knew about it because they monitor it for us. But whenever it comes to a healthcare facility, if somebody gets into their system it's a reportable breach no matter what.
1: That is correct. We've
0: gone through the steps of what you have to do immediately, how you have to report it, what kind of things you can expect later on. We've talked about some of these fines, which for me, that was just amazing to think about how much money someone can actually have invested in in reworking their network, all the notifications, all the attorneys, you mentioned like LifeLock, like having one of those monitoring systems in place, and then to add an extra fine into it, I mean, that is catastrophic for a lot of businesses. Do you you think when these types of things happen, a lot of businesses have no choice but to close?
1: If you're a major health system or insurance company, you just pay the fine. It's going to be here today, and tomorrow, everybody will forget about it. Not a small or mid-sized business. Your reputation is the most important, and you breach your reputation by giving out your patient's information. You didn't do it intentionally, but that's the impression of what the public is, and because you're local, everybody will remember that.
0: Do you really think that a small to mid-sized healthcare practice can actually do all of these things? I know there's probably people listening to this going, gosh, my pharmacy only has two or three people working in it. How in the world can I, based on your first podcast, have all of those security measures in place, have all of this security information done, and now if something does happen, how in the world am I going to go through all of this all on my own?
1: By yourself? You can't. First thing, you need is a good information technology specialist, actually a company, not someone working out of their garage, but someone actually has an established business with good reputation. Then you're gonna need help. Uh, You can either go hire an attorney, which will be covered by your cyber insurance, or you can uh, work with a company like us, RJ Hedges and Associates, and let them guide you through it. Now for our clients, if you have HIPAA compliance, When these breaches come up, first call is to Thai tea company. The second call is to me. And at that point, I become your new best friend for at least the next 90 days and possibly longer. We actually do the process. We do the writing. We do the reporting. And we become the contact when OCR calls. So when OCR calls in three years, we have everything recorded, whether it's voice or documented. And we can answer everything, and the first thing we do, we shoot them a stack of relevant documents that they're about to ask for. And if they have a problem, they call back, and they come to me. We let you know about it, but we're handling it on our end.
0: So we've gone over a lot of information today. Hopefully we haven't scared too many people. I think sometimes when we have these conversations, it can be a little bit scary and intimidating to think, oh my gosh, like worst case scenario, $1.5 million plus for a fine. That That's kind of scary for a lot of people. But if we're doing things every day, every week, every month and we have good safe practices in place. We have a good strong security network. We've got a good IT group that we're working with. Am I okay? Can I sleep at night?
1: Absolutely. It sounds scary. And the, and the big item is this constant awareness. You've you've trained your staff. They understand what's going on. Same thing applies here. It works as soon as something happens, you address it. Don't wait until a year after this is all happening and call me, expect me to say, uh, save your bacon because it's not going to happen. I
0: mm-hmm. oh, gotcha. Now I do have one thing as we were talking that kind of popped into my, to my mind, just because I had someone reach out earlier today on one of our blog posts asking about business associate agreements. So I've got one parting thought. So, so get your thinking cap on in regards to cybersecurity. I've got a really great system in place I I feel safe secure I'm good but I transmit information all the time to different entities whether it's something through my pharmacy software it's my the billing company it's somebody else and they're not as good as what I am on my security and now they've had the breach but it's still my data Can you talk to me about how that kind of breach might be a little bit different or what type of things that I might need to consider in that specific scenario?
1: Good question. The way the HIPAA statutes are written as of today, and they're going to release a new set of rules uh, probably in 2022. And we're going to go from uh, 1990s technology to 2020 technology. So if you remember back then,
0: Yeah, there was
1: no iPhones, there was none of the other things we have today. Hot
0: technology was the new fax machine. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, fax machine with a memory. Oh, right. Okay. Whoever is responsible for the breach, they are ultimately the person responsible. Not necessarily to the business, but to the individual. If the person knowingly and willingly did that, knowing willingly means you have received training but it goes down to the business associate. They're required depending on the days in your business associate agreement to notify you of the breach. But then they're the ones that are gonna be reporting the breach to the OCR.
0: Okay, so even though it's my patients and my data, but it was on their watch, they're, in, they're really in charge. Yes. Can I get in trouble for it, though, as the, as the small business, as the healthcare facility? Like, if they're completely complacent, like, clearly, they did something that wasn't correct, that's why the breach happened in the first place, and then they said, we're not even going to worry about this.
1: You'll be staying in business... You may have a headache here into answering questions because you got an OCR investigator in your office or in your pharmacy or your healthcare practice. However, the poor guy who blew it off—remember we talked about the fines of one point five million. Well, that's where they're at. This applies to anybody that has a business associate agreement or an actual covered entity. Again, the business associates all must have the same type of HIPAA policies and procedures that the healthcare provider does.
0: What happens if I don't have a business associate agreement in place with somebody that should, just because I haven't gotten around to it yet?
1: You need to fix that immediately, because if you don't do it, the business associate agreement, then you're culpable.
0: And you mentioned that there's a new draft going on right now with HIPAA. And, and I know with this draft that it's got a lot to do with information technologies and data transmission and the technology space that we're working with here in the year 2020 plus. I'm going to say 2020 plus, because I think it actually was set to hit last year. And then during the great pause with COVID and all the regulations just got froze in the government, that it's going to eventually get thawed out. And then we're going to have all these regulations going all over the place. But when we're looking at those business associates, for the people who are listening to us right now, that are maybe going, gosh, do I have a business associate? When was the last time I touched it? Now, the last time there was a change was with the high-tech requirements, and that happened in 2013.
1: And all the business associate agreements had to be done by September 14th, 2014. Oh,
0: I was wrong. All right. So people, if you heard, I was wrong, he was right. This is why he's on the call. So 2014. So basically, if you have uh, business associate agreements that are older than 2013, they're really mute. They're null and void. They're null and void. So if someone wants to do a little bit of homework just on that last topic that we were talking about, make sure your business associate agreements have been updated at least since 2013. Really, it would be 2014 date because that's whenever it had to be implemented by, right? Right.
1: Yeah, you could have done it when the law came out, like our clients did. Mm -hmm. We were done in 2013.
0: Okay. Good deal. All right, so we're going to rewind here real quick. So we talked about business associate agreements. That's a great homework assignment for people to check on. We've now, in the last podcast, we spent a lot of time talking about the systems. Now we've got people kind of caught up on what, what they actually need to do. Is ransomware and a cyber attack actually HIPAA breach? What to be on the lookout for? How they need to report it? What the ramifications could potentially be if they choose to do nothing? We've also gone over what they should do for reporting, initial reporting, and all those other items that we've gone through, including things for in their corrective action plans, passwords. We've talked about um, getting those letters out to patients. Is there anything else that we've missed?
1: No, we pretty much covered everything. um, But looking ahead for this new rule, everybody will be doing new notices of privacy practices. Everybody will be doing new business associate agreements. So that's what we're looking forward to, plus the technology. Everybody's sending information now electronically, even through your own personal phone. Uh, What's PHI, what's not? All of that is being addressed in this new regulation. Uh, When it comes out, stay tuned. We'll have another podcast on this.
0: Sounds good, folks. Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Pharmacy Compliance Guide here with RJ Hedges and Associates. We're so glad that you tuned in. And as Jeff alluded, we've got a couple more podcasts that we'll be coming out with here in the near future. So we hope that you'll tune back in.
1: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Pharmacy Compliance Guide sponsored by RJ Hedges and Associates. Be sure to search the entire library of podcasts helping you stay informed on the latest pharmacy compliance issues by visiting pharmacycomplianceguide.com.